Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest, Cami. Hey, Cami. Hey, Bryant. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Fantastic. Thanks for asking. Yeah. So I had a quick like, click. We have a we had our our you know we, we're live streaming this now. We, we're not live streaming. Excuse me. We're, we're streaming this through Streamyard. We've been doing great live shows, and I wanted the little leave background, so I had to click that on real fast. I didn't. I felt like we were in a void of blackness, and I wanted to change that real quick. Uh, welcome everyone. As I said, you know, mystery every week we pick uh, a, a vast array of topics from you know straight up myth, Hercules to historical events. And we like to discuss them by giving you a, a slice of the story, and then we'll kind of talk about some of the history behind it. Today we have a fun one, the Sword of Damocles. That's got to be cool, right? Sword Damocles? Yeah. This, Cammy, this guy was a gladiator cool. who killed 100 men, right? That's that's the story, right? Absolutely not. No. Okay, so, all right, well, he was a hero that <laughs> fought no. a three-headed lion? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that not is not the case. <laughs> and so, you know, you, you may, if you're listening, you may have heard us a lot. I, I've mentioned, uh, you know, we're the whole point of the show is to be very approachable to these topics. I, I did not, I have never heard of the sort of Damocles. I might have heard of that name, but I did not know this. It's a parable, a lesson, a story that we're going to recite for you in a minute. So with the Sword of Damocles, again, this is a, a parable. This is a story and a, a, an ancient Greek lesson. So while it might not be, you know, some cool Russell Crowe inspired or inspiring um, action, it is still a, a, a really interesting story. And I love to because it's actually popped up rec in recent history. It was used a lot in the 60s and then even more recent than that. Um, in the early 20 teens. So without further ado, though, Cami is going to give us give us the story. It's it's a nice it's a nice story. It's just a straight up story with great sources. And Cami, take it away. Okay, cool. So I did use a primary source for this, uh, as primary yeah. as you can get for what fourth century BC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I used uh, Kikaros to school in. Is that how you say it? Yeah, and, and so yeah, and and you may know, people may know him as Cicero as well. Mm -hmm. Cicero is kind of a common name. I, I've been listening to uh, Robert Garland, who's like a historian. He does pronounce Cicero, but Cicero, the the C is a little weird in Latin. So just in case you're hearing that, you think it's weird. But yes, uh, the in his Tuscu Tusculan disputation is the English word. It's like Tusculean disputate or something like that <laughs> in Greek or Latin, whatever it's supposed to be. Yeah, and I used an English translation from this or for this because nobody wants to read Kikoro in Latin. It's terrible. Uh, but I just don't like him. We can get into that in a different episode, though. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Project Gutenberg had this on. So Gutenberg.org was the site I used. And I'll just get started. The tyrant Dionysius was never fond of flattery. He took the throne of Syracuse when he was only 25 years old. He learned in that time that those who flatter have little substance and are of no use to a king. One such man, Damocles, never passed up a chance to compliment the king or his kingdom, so Dionysius decided one day to teach this man a lesson. After hearing praise upon praise for his lovely gardens and elegant robes, robes Dionysius invited the victim to his house that night to dine as a king and rule over the city until the dinner was over. Damocles was so excited for the prospect that he ran home and bathed in fragrant oils and dressed himself in his finest dinner clothes. 
It seemed like ages before it was time to meet back at the palace. When he arrived, he was draped in a regal robe and a crown was placed on his head. He took great joy in greeting every subject and the true king himself. They seated him in the king's place at the table and the party enjoyed entertainment while their wine was being poured. The night went on in merriment until Damocles mentioned how much he liked being king and how much he would love to have this place at the table again. It was then, while the man was at his happiest, happiest that Dionysius ordered a double-edged sword to be lowered over the head of Damocles as he sat surrounded by gold adornments and the handsomest of servants. Damocles was instantly afraid and asked the king to retrieve the sword, for it might kill him. It was hung by a single horsehair. But the king let his true intentions of this night be known. He spoke to the crowd, saying, Damocles thinks he wants all the riches of the kings, but he does not know the treachery that hangs over the head of any man of power. For at any instant, betrayal is a real threat, and you may be murdered for the virtue of your position. Damocles could not eat and sat in nervous misery for the remaining hours. He could not help but look at the sword, which was, would surely cleave him in two if the horse's hair did not hold. Finally, the dinner ended, and Damocles ordered the man to be released of his duty as king for the night. Damocles great, gratefully hurried from the table and humbly said goodbye to the king and the guest and hurried to the safety of his own bed. When I first read this and, and, and read what this parable was, you know, this is, a, this is a lesson, this is a story. I was just like, wow, like, no wonder this guy was a tyrant. Like, <laughs> how... <laughs> How hard is it? like, oh, you know, it's hard to be king, you know, but let me make sure you understand this by literally dangling a sword. Like, come on, Dionysius, <laughs> do you have a sword dangling above your head at all times? Maybe metaphorically, but do you literally have a sword dangling around your head? Because I'm pretty sure that Damocles is now going to plot to kill you because of this. Like that, it's just <laughs> like, I, I get it. And I, this, this ties in really well for, um, I mentioned this, I think four or five episodes ago, I'm making my way through, uh, I've been listening to some of the, 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 um, the great courses, audiobooks uh, lecture series that they have. And, and I started this one by this renowned historian, Robert Garland, it's called Greece and Rome an integrated history of the ancient Mediterranean. And it's really cool. He, he breaks it down so well, this stuff. And again, this, I'm really new to all this. I, I know the big stuff like Zeus and Hercules, but um, it's really cool to see the integration. And this is really important because um, Cicero, Cicero, um, Cicero, he was uh, probably the, the golden age Latin writer um, for, uh, was it first century AD? Um, yeah. yeah. So, or or uh, yeah. So born 106, died 43 BC. So yeah, he, he, he was, but he was super important to Latin. And what I've been learning in, in Garland's work is like how, when, when Rome took over Greece, it, uh, you know, uh, they say like, uh, Greece was the captor, made Rome the captor because the cult, the Greek culture really flourished and stuff. And this is a cool sign of like seeing this old story. So like, you know, the, the story Damocles and Dionysius. So this takes place in Sicily on the coast of Sicily. That's where Syracuse is. And which has been important for history for, for ever, forever. This has been an important part of the Mediterranean. Sicily is super, it's got these great volcanoes that make the soil rich. It's, it's the, one of the bread baskets aside from Egypt being, um, a breadbasket, like you got Sicily, you're, you're golden. And if you don't know the Sicily is the, the, the ball that the boot of Italy kicks. So that, that big ball right outside that big boot, um, for Italy, just so you know. And so, yeah, we're talking, so this is supposed to take place during the classical period of, of Greece. So this is like fourth, fifth century. So Rome's just a little kid, little baby growing, 
pretty close by getting there though. But uh, you know, Greece as well, these, these places are well established and, and there apparently was this guy Dionysius and we really know of his existence basically from sources like um, Cicero. Um, it's said that the um, first century AD poet Horace, um, who I think was Greek, um, no, Roman first century BC poet Horace. So around the same time, he also um, a, a, makes an allusion to the sword of Damocles as well. So there's not a, a ton of other things until uh, a little bit later, but a, a handful of um, people do mention him throughout history. Another one, um, Gaius um, Mycenaeus, who was around, again, first century, so it was, uh, uh, 70 BC to 8 BC is when he was around. So these people kind of mention, and it's it's used as an illusion. And I, what I'm kind of gathering from my my personal stuff with Garland is um you, the 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 learned elite they use these stories and they use like Greek tragedy and and then eventually Roman works to discuss things like rhetoric to to basically practice to be like a lawyer or a statesman and and practice uh, speechcraft public speaking and stuff like that which was really important skill back then so like to me i i'm thinking that this story you know syracuse was a place sicily is a place these are all existing there probably was a guy there um I, did this happen in this way who knows you know but this sounds like uh i mean it sounds like a, a totally plausible story um Wikipedia likes to bring up how it, it kind of inspires um, Shakespeare and Henry VIII. Um, uh, his quote, uh, what is it? I've got it here. Um, Uneasy lies the head that wears a crown, you know, and that it, it's kind of obvious that that's what it's supposed to mean. You know, like Dionysius is this, uh, again, tyrant, and we kind of see why, because he likes to hang swords from horse hairs above people's heads. Um, he's saying like, yeah, I got a great life you know, going on, but it's hard, dude. Like, it's really hard. Like at any moment, this sword could snap and I'm gone. And, and so that's, that's kind of it. And, um, Cicero who, later when he wrote about it, that's kind of, uh, what he was sort of saying. I, I got a great article from thought co that wrote a lot about this by K Chris Hurst. And they just sort of, uh, mention this is Cicero was writing. You know, this was a lot of reflection. Think like Marcus Aurelius's meditations, all the big move, philosophical movements were floating around And Cicero again, golden age, uh, Latin writer, which was a huge deal at this time. Um, he was sort of saying, it seems like, uh, find happiness. Don't be afraid of death. Um, you know, almost so, so like, yes, like great power, great responsibility is kind of the thing or great danger is, is writing and on both ways, you know, Dionysius, he, he rules so much, but it could all go away, that kind of thing. But I think that that's kind of what, uh, that it's, it's, it's our, our fear of death. Um, and it, it, like, uh, yeah, here we go. So thought question, Cicero meant that death looms over all of us, but we should try and be happy regardless. Um, which to me sounds kind of like, like the stoicism, happiness, don't fear death, just try and live life. And, and in a way, like, don't like what's going to happen to Syracuse if Dionysius isn't doing his crap, you know, like, like who, who's making that sword. That's the thing that upsets me the most. It's like, you are literally putting that sword there. Is Damocles going to have a sword there if you don't put it there? No, it's not. It's only because you put the sword there. <laughs> so stop putting, stop hanging swords above people's heads and maybe we'll all be okay for a little while in Sicily. So the, the funny thing um, that's happened is it's, it's changed. It's been brought up kind of here and there. Again, we kind of allude to it in Shakespeare. He wasn't directly quoted. But um, in the 60s, uh, JFK used it. And, and um, 
it was it was a cold, directly Cold War nuclear impending doom. The sword of Damocles is reigned over our head. That's my JFK. And <laughs> it's very good. Thank you. And um, I loved this too. Um, you know, I listen to NPR. I know Cami does. And uh, there's a 2011 article I found. So when I probably that was probably like when I started listening to NPR. I just graduated high school a year before that. And um. NPR uh, had an article and it was called Sword of Damocles reference sometimes misused and uh, apparently and I, I couldn't figure out why it was being used but apparently like in a week um, everybody and their mom uh, in government was using this term and like the I'm linking the article in this episode. So take a look. You can listen to it too as, as well as read it but um, it's it's several politicians and they they Quote, like, we have the Sword of Damocles hanging over our heads with the Sword of Damocles overhead. If not, we're going to default. Well, the good news, obviously, is that the economy now doesn't have the Sword of Damocles hanging over it. So, again, they're totally misusing it here. Yeah, it, it's they're, they're thinking like it's it's impending doom. Almost I think of like Edgar Allan Poe, you know, pendulum like impending doom. But that's that's not what it was sort of supposed to mean. I mean, that's it's obvious that danger is around us and. It just, but it doesn't make sense. Um, I, even Russians during the the '60s used it uh, to, to ref, refer, like they they wanted the sort of Damocles. They were saying, like, have have this like thing to keep you in line. Like one wrong move, bro, and that horse here is gonna snap. And it's, <laughs> but but that's so dumb. I mean, it's just so dumb. Um, it reminds me of. Did you ever watch Rocky Horror Picture Show? I did not, and there was but there was a song in that. Yes, I haven't. I'm that, sorry. That Rocky Horror sings, mm -hmm. and he. He said, I actually have it right here. So he says, oh, the sword cool. of Damocles is hanging over my head and I've got the feeling someone's going to be cutting the thread. And then he talks about like, basically he's just, woe is me like for several lines. And um, I, I like yeah. that. I think you can use it in that context. You know, there, there's, there's obviously a lot you can pull from here. And, and what I wanted to make is, Cicero is a great resource. Again, great writer for this time period, but it's because he's 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 interpreting it as well. And like the other guys that that used it um, from this time period, Horace and that other dude, they they were using it in in as uh, parables as well as allusions. That's that's how you spoke. That's how you you made arguments, and you know you had to. You had, that's how you deferred things. That's how you understood the world was was through this and i some of so i, I use um the regular sources britannica thought co was the interesting one that piece it was a really great piece because it focused on cicero's um writing in particular but even like history.com had a nice little thing about it but it it it's not it, it isn't just like an impending doom thing it, it's I, and uh, Dionysius, the, so the, the 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 tyrant of Syracuse, um, it, he's kind of memorable. Again, we like this is pretty long time ago. We don't have like super hard evidence other than these sources mentioning the sort of Damocles parable. But um, he and his son, it, it could be either one of them actually, because it looks like they were both Dionysius. And they're they're called Dionysus is uh, the Greek um, god of wine and, and drunken revelry. Um, Bacchus is the uh, Roman equivalent, and there's sort of an illusion there too, because the the these tyrants, uh, one of them, I think this, it was the son, yeah, the son, the younger Dionysius, the younger, was um, known as being a, a drunken, you know, not not so great. Oh, okay, so even Plutarch actually reports that he was known to have led a licentious life in Syracuse with lots of drinking parties. Okay, so there we go, we've got Plutarch on it, done and done. Uh, Plut Plutarch's the man, right? And so. Um, <laughs> So there, there's this 
there there's a these these well-known records that of, of these guys in Syracuse doing this, that, that their names kind of mean something to these parties. But I, and, and that is that like, it, it sounds, you know, Damocles needs to learn a lesson. That's, that's what it sort of sounds like at first is like that old Damocles. He's just like Brown nosing this and he doesn't understand that I'm getting like effed up every night on wine and like shirking my duties like having a great time right exactly that's I, that's the thing. like what is going on in sicily like you're in you, you you're fine you're <laughs> sicily's fine it, it's fine like 90 percent of the time like it's fine like romans uh muslim invaders but even after that it just gets better okay like sicily it just it's, it's like a party boat a giant party boat that keeps accepting cultures and there's yeah there's a fight about it and like normans and blah 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 blah, blah. but afterwards they're like holy crap we have this awesome uh, architecture now we got these awesome new nuts you brought from india i don't know but it just it's it's pretty good. I imagine fifth century Syracuse doesn't have too much going on, not doesn't have too many problems. So that's that's I think the interesting thing here. So so the takeaway, um, we you know it looks like there's plenty of sources that do kind of uh, show us that Dionysius, this leader, there was a tyrant of Syracuse. Um, if Damocles is real, if this this tale happened, who knows? It could have. It could have been uh, an example of a euhemeristic um, event, something weird happened in Syracuse and then word spread through the traders to the mainland. You know, we don't really know exactly um, if this happened, but the parable slant stands. It, it's definitely worth, you know, as far as literature goes, analyzing the Cicero and many others uh, thought so. And I think the big thing is it really got kind of corrupted um, over time and it, it just meant. So what doom. was the original meaning then it's up to you it's up to your philosophical okay. mindset it's just pretty clear that it's not impending doom um cicero though it, it like again thought co asserts is, is saying like you gotta take it easy like like don't fear death it's not even like a live life to the fullest um i don't remember what philosophical school uh, it can't stop you of. from do from fulfilling your duties and it can't stop you from being happy is what exactly I, okay. I, that's what i yeah that's what i'm thinking it, it's it's because like i always thought it meant impending doom you know and and it, it that's the very obvious sort of treatment and i think especially how you tell the story too it, and, and like like the way you told the story was was really nice because it kind of sets dynasties as like this guy doesn't realize how hard it is to get drunk every night um <laughs> i'm really dehydrated and it's frustrating um <laughs> but but it, it i mean it, it's again it's so obvious that of course leaders have problems but you also like have everything like like right. oh woe is me i'm a rowan roman senator and 600 greek slaves and like my four plantations what am i gonna do like <laughs> no come on like everyone everyone has a, a um a figurative sword that's on them and whether or not it's gonna pop or not it is it, it, it's kind of it's not up to you at that point you know i think right. i think that's kind of what it's saying you can't it's let like, anxiety ruin your yeah life. yeah life can life can be as fleeting as a horsehair having too much tension and it's just like are you gonna be like damocles and freak out about it or are you gonna be like dionysius and make sure you terrorize other people by putting <laughs> physical barriers in their lives to make them scared that's what that's the that's the two paths of life. Okay, everybody. So don't be <laughs> like the Damocles. rich, please. Yeah. Dionysius, <laughs> eat the rich, become the rich, hang swords above their heads. 
Um, no, I, I hope you guys enjoyed that. That it's a real that was a really cool story to look into, and Cammy did a great job of reciting it. That's that's really how it goes. And we we do have some cool sources that reference it throughout the first century AD. That was or um, in in the at the turn of the century. That's really cool to see. And it's just a really cool literary device. I'm sure there's tons of like English teachers everywhere that are discussing this in classical schools and all that. And it's a really cool discussion. So, and if you hear this, just know many people will use it as impending doom. It's not really, it definitely makes sense. I mean, yes, you could kind of use that, but um, there's, there's more to it than that. And the idea is Dionysius set it up for Damocles, who was sort of saying like, oh, you got this. It's so cool. I wish I could be king. But it's there's a little bit more to that. And people like Cicero analyzed it and said, look, we've all got our swords hanging above us, but you, you just got to like stay the course. If the sword snaps, the sword snaps, you know, you, you'll you'll be OK either way. So. Thank you for joining. Or you'll be us. dead and it won't matter. Or, yeah, or you'll be dead. It's a sharp sword. Gladius are sharp and they're great. They're, they'll take you out. Don't worry. Um, now we're going back to Edgar Allan Poe. But uh, I hope everyone enjoyed this. Please let us know what you think of the show. If you have any suggestions about what we should talk about. It's been a great year so far. Um, we've got some really fun topics that we're alternating between. And we've also been working with Cody, our friend, on his YouTube channel, Popular Opinion Pop, as in the pop figures, the Funko Pops. Um, we're, we're pulling um, myth-themed ones like Bigfoot and stuff and talking about those. So you can check that out through um, Popular Opinion as it's spelled, or through our Facebook channel and stuff. Um, Facebook is a great way to get in touch with us. Mystery, you know, myth story, all one word with an IE at the end instead of a Y. At Gmail um, is another great way to get in touch, but you can reach out to Cammy and I individually. Uh, I've got links in our show, um, you know, through Pinecast in the podcast description link. We're also on YouTube, though. You can watch us talking about this and see the crazy thumbnails that I, I, I and Cammy have been coming up with. This will be a fun one to make. Um, I did make a, a Discord for us recently that I know everyone's loving. Yeah, so there's a link in the description here for that. It's it's going to be small for now, but feel free to join in. Um, that's a great way for you to interact or talk or give feedback. That's a, I, I mentioned this. I haven't mentioned this in a while. Give us feedback. If we did not mention an important part of this or if you think we forgot something or omitted something or got it wrong, let us know. Absolutely love to go back, even if it was episode 22 where Cammy said something horrible. Um, <laughs> let us know so we can make fun of Cammy, please. We really want to make sure we we don't miss an opportunity to. But everyone, thanks for joining us again. We really appreciate you, and you've been making this show a lot of fun to do. Uh, I think that's it. Have I blabbed enough? Yeah, absolutely. Excellent, everyone. <laughs> well, we will see you next time. Oh. oh.